Welcome to Jabber and the episode entitled A Sweet Flop. The McKee story began during the height of the Great Depression when a young entrepreneur began selling five cent snack cakes from the back of his 1928 Whippet. In 1934, he and his wife Ruth bought a small failing bakery using the family car as collateral. Money was so tight that this man named O.D. had to put up a sheet near the back of his bakery for the family's living quarters. Despite years of great adversity, O.D. and Ruth, his wife, their rare determination finally began to pay off. And in 1960, they began selling the first family pack of baked goods, naming them after their granddaughter, Debbie. Around this time, the company finally began making a steady profit. And today, in any market, you can find these sweet treats called Little Debbies. But if I may, I'd like to explore the life of another young lady named Debbie. Your sisters were absolutely astonishing. First, there was Linda, the natural-born leader, which also came in handy since she was the oldest. She was always there to help, to coach, to mother the young ones. If a decision were needed, Linda usually made it. If guidance was required, Linda usually gave it. Throughout school and into adulthood, Linda's leadership abilities made her an outstanding individual. And yet, at home, when she and the others were growing up, Linda was only the first in a string of outstanding sisters. Mary was next. Her strength was her amazing intellect. Gentle and quiet and patient, Mary was much noticed because of that splendid straight-A brain of hers. Then there was Marlene. In a family of attractive people, her beauty was one of a kind. Talented, competitive, headstrong, gorgeous Marlene was sure to succeed in life, and everyone who knew her knew it. Kathy was the fourth of the Sivir sisters. She brought humor into their dynamic throng. Her personality had a magnetic-like draw that turn heads wherever she went. Her idea of the ideal day was a day filled with fun and laughter and games. But there was a fifth sister, the baby, the pest. Her name was Debbie. But unlike her sisters, Debbie was very ordinary in a family with such extraordinary sisters little debbie just disappeared she had none of linda's leadership abilities in fact she seemed more of a born follower brains well 
All through school, Debbie never did get a single A, not one. In crueler moments, her sister referred to Debbie as the dumb one. In looks, Debbie was far from unattractive. However, standing next to Marlene, she was practically invisible. Debbie was never a very popular socialite either. She had to create her own fun. In school, where her sisters blossomed and flourished, Debbie simply marked time. School was just a place to go every day, and Debbie spent most of her time in class daydreaming of someday being outstanding too. But there's more. Debbie was 20, ambition overtook her. You could tell by looking that there was so much more that she wanted to do. She had chased foul balls for the Oakland Athletics. She had performed with the Dolphins at SeaWorld. She had worked at, as a department store elf, and now this young, pretty college dropout was wading into waters way too deep. She was too young too inexperienced to realize it. Debbie wanted to go into business. It would have been easier to understand if only she had had some acquaintance in the past with the business world, or if she had chosen a more plausible enterprise to embark upon. Perhaps she could have stirred up some enthusiasm in some of her colleagues, but everyone was advising Debbie against taking such a fatal step into such a surefire failure. For example, her husband Randy, otherwise most supportive, but he was an economist. He had a good business head. From everything he knew about business, he knew this business would flop. He told Debbie, don't believe me, read the independent market analysis on that subject. So, Debbie did. She read the relevant reports, and what she read stated that the business venture that she was proposing was too risky to attempt. But Debbie was undaunted. She asked her husband if she could consult some of his business executive clients. He said fine, but the business executives all shook their heads. Bad idea. Never work. For forget it, they said. She even visited one fellow, a marketing specialist, one of the most aggressive and market-sensitive corporations in the whole world. He told her flatly, Debbie, nobody is going to buy it. So with the professional experts solidly lined up against her, she turned for encouragement to a likely source, her family. That was another wrong turn. Her mother-in-law told her, it will never work. Her in-laws further expressed that they thought she would lose everything if she ventured down this path. Even Debbie's own mother was frightened at the prospect. Don't do it, warned her mom. So Debbie sought moral support from her old college friends. Again, she was disappointed. A catastrophe waiting to happen, they said.
in the final analysis, nobody had the slightest encouragement to offer. It was her husband, Randy, who at last took pity on poor Debbie. He was certain that the venture that his wife proposed would end in disaster, but he also believed that Debbie would have to find that out for herself. So he swung a loan of $50,000, chalking the sure loss into a learning experience, and he presented the money to his grateful bride. Now it was time for Debbie to stand on her own with $50,000 of borrowed money. And well, stand she did. The business that bought its wings for $50,000 by the mid-1990s had grossed $150 million. It almost doubled from the previous few years. There was more than 700 outlets all across the United States for what was, at the time, the fastest growing enterprise of its kind. And just so the cheerless leaders will know, from its inception in the 1970s to 1989, there was never one month of red ink in the remarkable history of Debbie's surefire flop, a risky business called Mrs. Fields Cookies. You heard it on Jabber. Please subscribe wherever you are listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, please leave us a five-star review. That helps us so very much. Also, if you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us by emailing jabberpodcast at gmail.com. That's J-A-B-R podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for listening.